You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. We shall be like him. It's the title of this devotion. We shall be like him. Wow. When you think about this, that you are predestined, as it says in Romans 8, 29, predestined. It was God's pre-planned purpose and will to make you like Jesus. Jesus didn't just come to reveal who God is. He came to reveal who you and I am. He came to reveal what man was predestined to be. When God says in Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our image. He created them both male and female and blessed them. It was God's pre-planned purpose and will for you and me to be like Jesus, who is the perfect image of the invisible God. He is the outshining and the radiance of the glory of the divine. It was the Father's great pleasure. It is the Father's great pleasure that in Jesus, the fullness of himself would become made manifest. Oh, my good friends, with Jesus knowing this joy set before him as the Son of Man, that he would be perfectly made manifest as the Son of God was able to endure everything that he went through because he looked to the joy. He knew what the Father had predestined him to. You see, there is a perseverance that comes into our heart that takes us way beyond the grave, right into the Holy of Holies where Jesus is the forerunner, where he is the anchor of our soul, where he constantly renews us inwardly with that incredible hope and joy, as he's called in Colossians 1:27, the ever-living hope, that he inwardly gives us this expectation that we are predestined to be like him. Wow, my goodness, come on, friends. So many people are still trying to discover who they are. And some, some try to reinvent themselves with the way they dress and the way they do their hair, the way they do different things. And, and there's nothing wrong with you wanting to dress nice and maybe do your hair nice, wear makeup, whatever. It doesn't matter. That does not affect the glory of God. It's what shines from the inner man that makes the difference. Don't think you're more holy by, by wearing no makeup. That doesn't make you holy. Makeup doesn't make you unholy. What makes you holy is the Lord himself. There's none holy but God. Be ye therefore holy, for the Lord is holy. Oh, it is His glory shining from within you that makes you holy. What an immense majesty and splendor we are given through Jesus coming to live in our hearts. Wow. Now, let me read to you here 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it didn't know him. Beloved, 
now we are the children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. We know this, we know this, we know this, that's why we just got to keep looking to Jesus. And as you keep looking to Jesus, set your sights upon him, set your heart upon him, Colossians 3 verse 1. Keep looking to Christ. That feeling that you may have, which I suffered terribly when I was younger, that I'm not good enough for God, that, that I'm not holy enough, righteous enough, and on and on and on. And surely I wasn't. Absolutely not. That was my spirit soul crying, mercy, God, save me, Lord, have mercy, Lord. Transform me as you've promised. Conform me as you've promised. Make me as you've promised. I'm your handiwork, recreated in Christ for all that you have predestined me to walk and serve you in, Lord. And I kept crying out according to Scripture to him who was the only one that could save me from the death of self and this dead body. Oh, and blessed be the name of the Lord that it pleased the Father who separated, separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me. Galatians 1 verse 15 and 16. It pleased God to see me born. Did you know that? Did you know that? That when God saw you born from your mother's womb, it pleased Him. And maybe, like David, you say, well, but I was conceived in sin and brought forth in iniquity. Psalm 51. Maybe you say the way I came was a mistake. The way I came was somebody sinned with somebody else. There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but we're all saved by the same merciful grace. Even if we were born all according to perfect order, we're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. And we're made alive through Jesus Christ in us. And it's in this new life that we are known as sons and daughters of God. And that new life is living inside of that earthen treasure. Maybe the vessel is not much. I remember listening to a story of Andre Murray, who is somebody that I love reading and listening to his books narrated, but I was listening to a story how he was working in Africa where you have gold mines. And he was sitting there with the president of the company talking to him about the Lord. And somebody walked in to the president with a $1 worth old little ugly metal chest, little bitty chest. And, and, and it had a lid on it. And he walked into the president with this little metal chest that was worthless, really. And the president opened it and there was this beautiful, pure gold, this big chunk of gold that they had found in the mine. And Andrew Murray was, had the opportunity to show to the president of the company that while the vessel in which the treasure was brought was worthless, the treasure was still of the same value and that the value of the treasure did not change by the vessel. 
And I understand that that can be contradictory to when we say you need to be clothed in white. But what clothes you is what lives in you. And I have made that point clear to you yesterday. So I want to say to you again here, it isn't yet what we've just read from 1 John chapter 3 visible in this body what we shall be when we see him. But we know through his life in us what we will be like when we see him, we will be like him. He is the new self forever being perfected in us after the image of him who brought him to us. You'll find this Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Oh, I find that a phenomenal revelation that my Father keeps renewing me through the life of Christ in me and keeps conforming and transforming me into His likeness from one degree of His glory to another. And how faithful He is through His life to perfect that which concerns me and complete His work to make me what I ought to be. Oh, I just meditate on these thoughts that are written in the Scripture. And friends, when Jesus comes, look at this in one of the greatest chapters in the New Testament. And I know that's hard to say when there's so many. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I think, has 58 verses. It's a very long chapter. It is the Isaiah 53. It, you know, it is one of those chapters that is just phenomenal. You understand Isaiah 53 is, is the amazing chapter in that whole 66 chapters of the book of Isaiah. And, and here we see in 1 Corinthians 15, starting at verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That means when, you, when this body dies, right, it is like falling asleep. What happens when you fall asleep? When you fall asleep, you are unaware, unconscious, and the next moment you wake up and it's six, seven, eight hours later, right? And you wake up and it's a new day. And that's what the Bible shows it is like when you die. When you die in Jesus Christ, when Jesus is living in you, the, though the body dies, the spirit lives because of righteousness, it says in Romans 8 verse 10. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it says, And when Jesus appears, he shall bring with him all those who have died through faith in him. All those that died in this body, they are now with him in heaven, without question, to be absent of the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So when you physically die, in this split second, you, you're, you breathe out your last, you're present with the Lord. To be absent of the body is to be present of the Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 5, Philippians chapter 1. You read these things there. Paul even there says in Philippians 1, he says, it is much better for me to be absent of the body because then I'm present with the Lord. But for your sakes, I'm staying down here so I may bear fruit and help you in your faith. He understood why he lived in his body was to help other people in their trust in God. So listen. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, die, die physically, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be 
changed. Oh, glory, glory, hallelujah. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal, the dying body, must put on immortality that cannot die. So when this corruptible has put on incorruptible, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying, that is written, the death, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where's your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Hades is the place of the dead. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Don't ever think living for Jesus is not worth it. Oh my goodness, friends. Don't ever let such a heart come to you. Oh, whatever I do in this church, they never say thank you. Oh, they never appreciated me. Those are the dark thoughts of the devil. He is the one that says to you, it's worthless. It's worthless to serve the Lord. Why don't you blame them that you don't get appreciated so you can go into darkness and disappear from the presence of the Lord? God forbid, friends, don't ever think that way. Don't seek the honor of man. Don't seek his praise. Don't be disappointed if people don't realize what you've done for the Lord. Hebrews 6 verse 10, God is not unjust to forget the love you've shown toward his name. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10, tell the righteous it shall be well with them for they shall eat the fruit of their labor. What about the Lord Jesus who walked among us, went about doing good, healing all, and yet he was despised and rejected and not esteemed. And as a sheep to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth, but was still when he was hung among sinners and buried among the rich. But God, but God. Don't ever seek the praise of man. Let that die in you. I had to learn that at an early age, I wasn't immediately perfect, but the seed came into me. When I started preaching in 1978, oh my goodness, I was so on fire. The love of Christ was such a baptism of fire of a new life, burning up the dross of the old life and removing it out by shovel loads. That old life had so much to get rid of, to lay off, to, to put away. And oh, how the fire burned and the dross surfaced and it was taken away by the mercies of my Savior and my God. And, and I was preaching and I, and I came home from a meeting where there maybe was three people and they would ask me, kind of a little bit facetiously because they knew that not many people went there. Oh, how was the meeting, Pastor Robert? I told, oh, it was glorious, glorious. You should have been there. The Spirit of the Lord was so amazing. You know, I was just on fire. And then all of a sudden they didn't let me go preach anymore because they thought it was going to my head. And I'm sure there was a lot of pride in mixed with that enthusiasm because I was just 18 years old. And and they didn't let me preach anymore. Oh my goodness, something happened to me. I could not bear the pain that I couldn't share about the love of my Savior. I couldn't bear the pain, it, it crushed me. Oh, how good it was to come to know the life of self-denial and self-abasement. How good it was when the cross for the first time truly became real to me in that simple little lesson of self-denial. 
in which I had the privilege to follow my Savior. It's not just in the glory of His resurrection we get the privilege to share, but in the fellowship of His suffering, Philippians 3.10 says. And it's in the fellowship of His suffering that the greatest confirmation takes place, friends. It's not just in the fellowship of His glory, but it is in the fellowship of His suffering where we lay off the old and that new becomes more precious to us than gold purified in the fire. Oh, I was so brokenhearted. I felt so much pain. I went to go see my mama. She's such a holy woman. I went to go see my mama. I said, Ma, Ma, I don't know what to do, Ma. And I was crying, I was crying. I was so brokenhearted. That cross was so painful. And how little did I appreciate how much more I had the privilege to embrace his cross as years passed on that I got led by his spirit in his perfect will and had the privilege to lay off more of self and become more like him in the crucifixions that come along in this life. You know, I cried, I cried. And my mom looked at me with those blue eyes and she said, oh, Robert, I love it when she says that. My goodness, I'll miss that voice when she goes to heaven, but I know it won't be long and I'll see her on the other side, but she's still with us here. She said, oh, Robert. She's speaking Dutch, but I'll speak, say in English what she said. The Lord Jesus does not want any man to take the honor of what he has for you. He himself wants to get that honor. So just trust and wait on Him. And those words came inside of me and put a seed in me not to seek my honor, not to seek my glory, but the desire that the Father may be glorified through His Son in me, as it says in John 14. The desire that the Father may be glorified through His Son in me, that the Father may receive great glory by what He is able to accomplish in me and through me, through His Son, Jesus, that I have the privilege to share the glory the Father gives His Son. And in that, you are absolutely liberated from ever seeking your own glory. And you can act normal when somebody maybe appreciates you and says, oh, thank you so much. And you can say, okay, my pleasure. Instead of, oh, no, I didn't do it. All of that is just insecurity. Don't act strange when people appreciate you. Say thank you and be humble in meekness and kindness towards others when they appreciate you. But you know, you know, all the praise goes to the Lord. All the praise goes to the Lord. You know, it is the Lord who has glorified himself in you through his son. Paul says... I have legitimate reason to glory, exalt in my work for God in what through Christ Jesus I've accomplished concerning the things of God. For of course, I will not venture, presume to speak thus of any work except what Christ has actually done through me as an instrument in his hands to win obedience from the Gentiles by word and deeds and so forth. That's Romans 15. Dear friends, when you see him, when you see him, in the twinkling of an eye, you are made perfect in his likeness to the praise and the glory of his grace so that he may present you to the Father without spot or wrinkle, holy, acceptable, 
and well-pleasing in His sight. Oh, my friends, live to His glory. Live to His praise. Live to His honor. Seek it. Pursue it. For eternal life, it says in the scripture, in Corinthians, I think it says, eternal life is given to those who seek for glory and honor with God. Keep your heart set on things above. Amen. Have a good day.